Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Last week, Pastor Mike took us through the parable of the sower, whereby the seeds were scattered in various places. And today, I just want to look at one of the environments where the seed fell on, which is the feed that the seed that fell on the thorns. And we say that the seed that fell on the thorns are those that hear the word, but worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desires of other things come in and chop the world, making it unfruitful. And this, I feel, I'm part of those people because sometimes we come to church, we hear a word now, we are spirit-filled going to heaven the next day. And then Monday comes, you go to the workplace, and things just happen and you wonder like, eh, hey, boss, some worry comes, some <laughs> anxiety falls, so you wonder like, eh, hey, God, so I felt in the mind when Pastor Fred asked me to start, I felt in my mind God wanted me to speak about the lies of the enemy. The lies that sometimes we've come to believe and accept us to be part of our lives. But that's, that's not what it is. Because even in Matthew 6, 25 to 34 says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about life, what you eat, what you drink, or about your body, what you wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air, they do not sow or reap, or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? I believe this is a word which God has spoke to us, but we find each and every time in our day-to-day -day lives, worry comes back in, into our into our minds. It's still in Africa too, time to Napata, you still have that worry. But as I read it, I came to understand that since we are disciples of, of Christ, we are soldiers in his army. And worry is one of the trick the devil used, one of the arrows the devil used in his warfare. That's what he wants us to, to believe in. And I, as I was doing this, I remembered a, a song we used to sing in, her, in Sunday school years back, where as we sang, we would be like marching and we were saying, I'm a soldier in the army. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. If I die, let me die in the army. And as I was reading, I was trying to imagine myself right now singing that song. Will I be able to sing it with confidence the way I used to sing it when I was a, a kid, marching and very happy that I'm in the, in the army of the Lord. Knowing that when you, you're in the army, you just don't sit in the barracks and enjoy the environment, but you're at war at, at each and every time. The attacks each and every places, left, right, and center, the attacks which are coming our ways. But that's who we are as believers. We are soldiers in the army of the Lord. But most of us, sometimes, we don't know it, that we are in a, 
one, we, are, we are in the battle. Or we know that we are soldiers in the battle, but we don't arm ourselves well for us to be able to, to tackle the war. We don't wear the right regalia for us to, to tackle the war. And this is well because Saturn doesn't want us to discover our true identity. He doesn't want us to discover our power and authority in Christ. And so that to do that, he uses worry to that. He sows seeds of division and dissension, discord and discouragement for no other reason but just to distract us from the love of Christ. That's his sole purpose. And he will attack us in various ways, spiritually, financially. And I believe right now most, of, most guys are in this place. They're in a crisis. They know because of, the, of COVID. Some of us have lost their jobs and we worry like, what will happen tomorrow? And the devil is using that, that arrow each and every day just to bring you down. And that's how it is. And today I just want to look at, okay, as soldiers in the army of the Lord, so how do, how do we do this? How do we go to war when the arrows of the devil are all in our side? When here there's discontentment, he throws a, an arrow of discontentment. God, What happens when he brings the, he throws the arrow of division in our lives? What happens when he throws the arrow of discouragement? How do we? How do we do deal with that? And I would like us to read from the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 10 to 18, which talks about the armor of God. I believe as soldiers in the army of the Lord, we need to wear the armor of God for us to be able to win this day-to-day -day fight, this spiritual fight that we encounter each and every day. And as we read, I'm reading from the NIV version. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled round your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with the feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the glory of peace, the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith, with which we can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Lord, may the words of my mouth, may the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your presence.
Amen. So as we do this journey of life, I believe that for us to be able to win in this world, for us to be able to win in our day-to-day work of life, we, we just need to put on the armor of God. And one of it is the belt of truth. Most of us Nangala belt and Ashina belt into Nafkiri belt soon rainbow. But it says that the belt holds things securely. You know, when you look at the soldiers, the belt is where they put the guns and water, food, everything. So in the in the olden days the belt was used to put all that, the sword, food, what, but also it held the other armory together, like the breastplate, it, you'd tie it on the belt for it not to, to move around. Apart from that, the belt offers support to the soldiers. And this, I want to give the example of the weightlifters. You'll find that most of them, when they are doing the deadlifts, is 200 kgs amount. They usually put a belt, a huge belt around their waist. It's for the support to support because you said the, the area around your, your loins is the strongest part. So it's just to give you support. And you see, in the army, you'd walk or stand for long. So the belt is to, to give us support. And as we look at the belt of truth, I was looking at it how we are brought up as kids. Our parents, and I believe even right now, how we, we bring up our kids is about the system of rewards and punishment. You do good, you are rewarded. You, do, you don't do what we say, you are punished. And, as, and as, we, as we do that, there's the fear of being punished that creeps in, and also the fear of us not being rewarded. And for, for, for us as we growing up as kids, now we, we, are, we, we had to align to how our parents, how our parents wanted us to be. And with that, we were able to start, we started picking up the beliefs system that they had. Because we didn't have a chance to, to choose which beliefs we'll take, which beliefs we'll not take. Whatever was given to us by our parents, we believed it as the absolute truth. And with that, we were able to build up our belief system. Our belief system, which leads us in our day-to-day life. Our be- the belief system is what when you have a decision to make, you revert to it. It's in our mind, so it's automatic. We revert to it and say, what should I do in this situation? And so we're able to build up our belief system. But the problem is some of these belief systems were not true. It was based on our parents' experience, how they felt, their emotions. And with that, we have been living like with belief system whereby it said 95% of them are lies. And we've been believing in the lies of our belief system. And that's one of the challenges that, that we are having because we are basing all our belief in the, in the belief system. And with this, when you... So we say, okay, now, right now, I have this belief system, what next? How do I know that the belief system I'm carrying on is lie? And that's why we say we put on the belt of truth. And the, the belt of truth, the truth is the word of God. As you say, the word of God is true. Everything will pass away, but the word of God will remain. So it is for us right now 
to look at our belief system and weigh them against the truth, which is the word of God. Do what I believe in. Does my belief system match, align with what God's word says? And in Jeremiah 2.13, this was the Lord speaking to Jeremiah, and he said, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. And I believe that's where we are as Christians. That's where we've come up with our own cisterns, own ways of doing things and forsaken the stream of living water. Forsaken God's word. Because sometimes you look at God's word and you say, Hey, Lord, yako ni ngumu. Wacha tu ni inji angu, at least, inaiza kukontrol yo evo. So that's where we are. Our belief systems, we've moved out from the true word of God, what the Lord says, the truth, which you say, the belt of truth is what puts us together. It's what holds us together. But we've forsaken the truth and we've come up with our own broken systems. We are drawing our water from our own broken system. We are, we are making decisions from our own judgment and not consulting God. And this is just to tell us we need to center and anchor our lives in God's truth. We need to go back to the truth. We need to tie up each and every morning our belt of truth just for us to, to support us. And we know that anything that contradicts the truth, then it's a lie. We don't have to believe it. And I believe that's one area on how we can fight our, our worries. Because we stand on the truth, which is the God, which is God's word. And John 8, 32, one up and saying, You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Are you ready to be set free with the truth? Or are you going to still to hang on to your belief systems. And to ask is just, where are you drawing your water? Where are you drawing your water? Are you drawing it from the living stream, which never runs dry, never runs empty? Or are we drawing in our own system? That's one. So we move to the other arm of God, which is the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness, which was worn around our chest. In our modern day, that would be the bulletproof vests to, for us. And what the, the breastplate was, was just to guard our, they are called that we have the vital life-giving organs in this area of the chest. We have the heart, the lungs. So the breastplate would be the one which would cover our heart and lungs. And you don't know why should we cover our heart our lungs. Why should it be there? We are told that the heart is one of the control centers of our lives. The heart is what is the control center of our, of our life. And in Proverbs 6.23 tells us above all, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So who you are is your actions are my a manifestation of what's in your heart. How you behave is a manifestation of what in our heart. And it was 
I looked at it and it was very contradictory. A breastplate of righteousness covering our heart and unrighteousness. And in Jeremiah which 14, 19, which was saying that the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? So here we have a deceitful heart and here we, we have righteousness. So how do they come? It was for the Lord telling us that let my spirit dwell in your hearts. On your own, your hearts are deceitful. On your own, you can't do it because your hearts are all deceitful and sin. But when you bring righteousness, you let your spirits into, our, into your hearts, then you are able to do it. You are able to, to win this war. And that's why the, the devil tries to that's one area he likes getting to our hearts because he knows that the fullness of life comes out comes out of our hearts and it's interesting so how do what are the gateways to our heart how do we get to it? and there are two gateways to our hearts the eyes and the ears what we look at what we listen to those are the gateway of your heart. And I don't know if you guys have felt you've gone to a place where guys are talking negative things. You find that even your, your mood has changed, it's become negative. I don't know if you felt that. But there are times when you come back with, a, with an uplifted. Because what you listened to affected your heart. And because the ears and the eyes and are the gateway to our hearts. And we see that even as we are growing up, even as we do life, we are able to experience things, we are able to hear things, we are able to see things which affect the state of our hearts. I've heard guys who say that their teachers told them that they will be dunderheads. You see, there are those which are said, and you find that a guy, years down the line, they still believe that. And, we, and for us, we say that the heart encompasses our belief system, which deals with our emotions, our attitudes, and how we do it. And the devil likes to target our hearts because he wants to put that spirit of desertion in your heart. Because as it said, everything in life flows from your heart. So if I put some fear in you, even the way you, you behave, it will be fearful because of that. If I put a spirit of division in your heart, the way you be doing, you don't want to associate with us. But the good thing is that we are all gatekeepers to our hearts. We all have the keys to each and everyone has its key to their heart. So it's upon you to decide who you are going to let in and what. And with that, it's only us we can be able to manage what we listen to, what we look at. It's all in our position. And for us, as the Bible said, guard it, guard your hearts diligently. Don't let the devil get to our heart. Because as we said, Right now, all the decisions you made, all your actions, what you're doing, 
they just reflect the state of your heart. So I'd ask you right now, what are you feeding your heart? What is it that you're feeding your heart? Are you feeding the word of God, the truth, the belt of truth? Or are we feeding other things, things of our own, our own experiences, our own emotions? What are we feeding our heart? Because whatever we feed our heart, that's how, that's how, that's how we be. There's, there's this time, I don't know if I was reading somewhere, whatever you speak about yourself, the world around you will make things to support your, your words. Because when you say that I'm a failure, it says that the world around you will bring issues to show you that indeed you are a failure. That, <laughs> that's how it is. So it's because of the, I believe it's because our actions are based on what's in our hearts. So if we put negative thoughts, even our actions and deeds, what we do, we'll put, will be negative. So we say that, let's put our breastplate of righteousness. Our, as we said, our hearts are deceitful, but with the word of God, it comes. It comes and cleans. So we continue on. Another, another armor which we need to wear is our feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And we would wonder, what do shoes have to do with, with war? What do shoes have to do with war? But it tells us each and every day we choose the shoes to wear depending on the, what you want to, to do, on the functions you want to, to go to. For instance, if you are going to the office, you wear office shoes. When you are going to the gym, you wear sports shoes. You are going for hiking, you wear hiking shoes. And we find that some of us, when we go to go to Navaka, to Navaka sports shoes, and that's how it, it gets us. And it's, it says that a soldier should wear shoes, proper shoes, for they need a sure footing and foundations. And it was interesting, as I, I was researching on this, I got to know that there were some walls which were worn back in the days by guys just wearing good shoes to do the war. And I was wondering, how is it that, that? at that time, war was about conquering the, the big chunks of land. Who gets there first is the one who conquered. So when you wore the right shoes, you are able to walk faster, you are able to be agile with speed, efficiency, and guys would be able to cover huge territories in a day and overtaking the enemy. So they say that walls were, were worn based on the shoes that were. And as soldiers, we need to wear the right shoes for standing and advancing, for us to be able to stand, as, as you've heard Paul say, so that you may be able to stand and after what you've done, you'll be able to stand firm. So it's first for standing and advancing. And one cannot be able to stand firm against the, the enemy unless you are standing on the gospel. The gospel, the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ. As believers, we cannot say that we are standing firm in the Lord if you are not standing on the gospel. And in, in the gospel, it's... It says that the gospel is our victory because 
The good news is Christ died on the cross for our sins. And after three days, he rose again. And now he's seated at the right hand of God. That's our victory. That's the gospel which we spread on. And in Colossians 2.15, it says that, And having disarmed, disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle for them, triumphing over them by the cross. Because as you remember, at the cross, he said, it's all finished. It's all finished. That's the gospel. Because he, he was able to take our sins for that. And we say that Jesus won the day so that you and I can have victory every day. He did it on the cross, won it on the, for that one day, for us to live in victory each and every day of our life. But most of us, we are working as victims. We are working as victims. Our heads held up. Yes, we serve the victor. So are we going to stand on the truth, the word of the truth? So you say, are you standing? What's your foundation? As you say, are we standing on sand as our foundation? Or are we standing on the, on the word? the rock, whereby when storms comes, we are able to stand. So, where are we standing on? On the rock or on sand? The other weapon, the armor which is talks of is the shield of faith. The shield of faith. And I believe this is what guards us each and every day in our in our, because the, the enemy is throwing darts. <laughs> Some arrows and spears in So unless you have the, the shield of faith, you're not able to do it. And what is faith? Faith is taking God as his word. Taking God at his word. Lord, you say this, I believe it. Mimi, we are you now. I'm not leaving it. Taking God at his word. And you say that the devil tries to, to target our mind. Our mind. Because the mind is the battleground. Whoever captures the mind is captured the individual. So the, the enemy throws arrows in our minds as it's part of the control center. And Saturn uses uncertainties uncertainties in this to get to your mind uncertainties we have so much what if what if tomorrow i lose my job what if tomorrow i can't pay my fees what if and this is where we need the shield of faith the what what the enemy desires is just to plant a thought inside our minds and then repeat that thought over and over again for us to believe that that's what, that's what we think is true. He repeats a thought for us to believe whatever he's saying is actually us. And, and this you can even see it in the media. 
At first, when like a song uh, is first played, and I scan, I say, ah, but as it's played over and over again, and that's how the devil does it. He just plants a thought and he repeats it over and over again. Maybe this is who I am. This is who I am. But it's not what it is. And why he's doing that is for, for him to plant those thoughts so that he may draw us away from God, from what the truth says who we are. And with this, he will trigger our emotions for, for, with the reason of just to discourage, tempt, afflict you, so that you are thrown away from God. But that's not the end of the story, because we have the shield of faith. The shield of faith which covers us when we are under attack. And we are told that when you are under attack, you go to God's word, believe in what it says, no matter how it feels. But when the enemy brings that discord in you, having the field of the shield of faith is now taking God at his word. Lord, you said you are not going to leave me or forsake me. Here I am. I am under your your authority. That's what the, the shield of faith. The, the shield of faith is for is used to counter the lies of what the, the enemy is trying. When you are afraid, it's for you now to... Uh, I usually have this. Uh, I read it somewhere and I, I'm applying it in my day-to-day -day life. When, when the devil asks, what if? What if about tomorrow? My answer is, God will. So that's how the, the shield of faith is supposed to work. It's for you to counter what the enemy wants. When you are afraid, you remember 2 Timothy 1.7, which says, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. When we are anxious about tomorrow, we remember Philippians 4.6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. When you are feeling that, what will I eat tomorrow? Lord, I don't have any money in my pocket. Remember that. Philippians 4.19 And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches in his glory in Christ Jesus. Are we able, do we have the shield of faith to counter the lies of the enemy? When right now the enemy asks you, what if, what if tomorrow you lose your job? Are you going to be afraid or are you going to stand firm and say, the Lord will meet my needs according to his glorious riches in heaven? That's how the shield of faith works. And we say that the shield of faith is anchored on God's word. It's anchored in God's word. 
And faith is not, it's not merely emotions, but it's action. You see, when you are, you are in the storm and you lift your hands high and you start praising, because you say when our praises go up, the glory of the Lord comes down. When in the storm, you just like Paul and Silas, as they were in the prisons, at night they prayed and sang praises to the Lord. Note that they are happy in the situation they are in, but they know the Lord they serve. They are inviting God in, in their situation, and we know what happened. The faith, like for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, where you see the fire is there, and Nebuchadnezzar is telling you, bow down to me and you are saved. But he said, we serve a living God. And he's going to deliver us. But even if he doesn't deliver us, he's still God. Do we have that faith? When I don't have money for tomorrow, I tell God, you are Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I may, not, I may lack, but I know you are going to provide for me. Are we able to stand in such faith? And I don't know, I, as I was doing this, I was just remembering my Sunday school song. So there's this other song which we used to sing in Sunday school. And even we had to imitate the words and we said, with Christ in my heart, I can smile at the storm. When we used to say, with Christ in my heart, I can't smile. I can't remember. <laughs> I see Lucy remembers that. <laughs> yeah. And right now I'm asking myself, am I able to smile at the storm? <laughs> when I'm in the storm, am I able to smile at the storm, knowing that God is with me? Because he said, even when you go through the floods, you will not drown. When you go through the fires, you never get burnt, for I am with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Am I at that point where I'm in the storm, but I'm praising God and saying, Mungu went you and say, do your thing. Or are we letting the fears, are we giving, are we giving the devil our stronghold and say, to our prayers to complain, hey, Mungu, see, unaona vile na piti ya nini. But for us, it's, and we find that the field of faith does not just protect us, but it is also to protect the entire army. And we are told about the Spartans. The Spartans were feared and revered for their strength, courage, and endurance. And surprisingly, their power did not come from the sharpness of their spears, but their power came from the strength of their shields. Because the breastplate and the helmet will just cover an individual, but the shield could be able to cover the entire line. If we, everyone holds their shield around here, we have covered a big area. And when we all hold our shields, we can, we can make a circle and we are covered from all directions. So when we come together as believers, it's called there's power in us coming together as believers. Are we able to stand together as believers with my faith as a mustard seed, with your faith as a mustard seed, with your faith coming together as one? And we are told when we come together, there's a big gathering. 
We have so much power when we come together as believers, putting our faith together. So powerful that the enemy will not be able to penetrate our shields when we all hold our shields, when we all walk in unison. And with that, the enemy knows that we are so powerful when we are in communities. So what does he bring? The spirit of division. Selfishness. I can do it on my own. Because he knows that when you are, you are on, when you just hold your shield like this, he, he can aim at your back. He can aim at your side. But when you are together, we cover each other. We can know that. So, my prayer is that maybe hold our shields. And not just for ourselves, but maybe come together in our faith as communities. Maybe work together. And, and I believe most of our marriages are having crisis because we are not working as a team. And that's where the enemy lies. Because he knows that when he brings <laughs> division, he wants us to live in secrecy. And the power of sin is in secrecy. You don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what you're doing. Let's make it that way. And that's how the devil likes it. In secrecy. That's the power of sin. So, the power of sin, even in, in, in the book of Acts, we see that when Peter was arrested and put in prison, the other believers, the other, other believers stayed up at night praying earnestly for Peter. When you look at Peter at that time, you hear that Peter was even sleeping in the, in the prison. But the community of believers out there were having an overnight prayer meeting and praying. And he was able to walk out. Walked out, going back to the community of believers. They were still there, you, you find that they were still in the room where they had been praying. And that's the power we have as Christians when we come back, we come together. There's so much we can do when, when we come together. So as we, as we go through the army, as we go through the world, our day-to-day -day world, when we go to work, are we holding our shield of faith? Are we holding our shield of armor? We've got to attend to say the shield of faith, it's very heavy. Watch out in your candle. Eh? God, are we able just to hold on to his word? Take him as the word and say, Lord, you said it. I believe in what you say. Because it's it's written, he has never lost a war. He has never lost a war. And as one song it says, it won't, he won't stand with you. If all those years is never, it won't start with you for him to lose. So let's hold on to our shield of faith. The other armor is the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. And the helmet covers our mind. And I've said, the mind is the battleground. The mind is the battleground. Whoever captures the mind, 
captures the entire, entire individual. And I believe the mind and the heart are, are so critical in our journey's lives that when Christ was coming up with a new covenant for the children of Israel after they came out of Israel, of, of Babylon, of the lands where they scattered them, he was able to mention the heart and the mind in the new covenant. And this, we can be able to see it in Jeremiah 31, 31, which is the new covenant. And he says, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I'll make a new covenant with my people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I'll make with my people, with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it in their hearts. I'll be their God and they'll be my people. Because the Lord knew the strongholds of any individual is the mind and it's the heart. And that's why he said, I'll write it. I'll put my word in their mind, I'll write it in their hearts, because he knew the mind is the battlefield, the heart is where the fullness of life flows from. If he's able to capture that, put his word fully in that, then all the actions will, will follow. And as believers, we ask that we need to renew our, our minds daily in the word of God. Do we renew our our minds with the word of God daily. As Romans 12 2 tells us, let us not conform to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewal of the mind. Are we renewing our mind? When we are having the Bible study and we are reading the Bible cover to cover, are we in it? Or we decide, hey, watch at on my own way. I can't make time. And we say the enemy wants to capture your mind. The enemy wants to capture your mind. In this war, the mind is what? The stronghold. And in David, David said in Psalms 18:2, he proclaimed that the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and my horn, my salvation and my stronghold. Can we proclaim the same? Say that the Lord is our stronghold. And for us to know that the spiritual work we are in is about winning the war inside. Winning the war within, conquering our mind and our thoughts. And for us to win the war outside, for us to, to win in the marketplace, for us to be able to do wonders in the marketplace, we first need to win the war inside. We first need to be able to win the war against our fears. We need to war our doubts and do that. Because everything outside is just a manifestation of him. If I'm afraid inside, my actions will be, will be fearful and I will not be able to win the war. But if I'm, I'm able to win the war inside, I'm able to control my thoughts. And God said, he gave us the spirit of self-control. 
I'm able to control my then can be able to win out there. And with this, we say that finally, brothers, in Philippians 4, 8-9, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, or seen in me, put it in action, and the Lord of peace will be with you. My question is, who is controlling your mind? Who is controlling your heart? Who has the stronghold? Because it's either your stronghold is controlled by the Lord, the Lord is sitting on your stronghold, or your stronghold is controlled by the enemy, the devil. So who are you? And lastly, we look at the sword. Of the spirit and we've seen all the other armors were for defending ourselves against the enemy it's only the sword that it's for attack it's the, the only offensive tool we have to attack the enemy and we are told the sword of the spirit is just the word of god the sword of the spirit is just the word of god and people say that the word of god the bible is the basic instruction before living earth but are we abiding to the sword of the spirit? Are we abiding to these instructions as we, as we do, as we do life? Do I, do I know how sharp is my sword of the spirit as I do life? Do I know how to hold it against the enemy? Because it's not a kitchen knife, it's the sword. Do I know how to, to arm the sword? And that's the beauty. And you find this is the only offensive armor we have. Because not all the time we'll be able to defend. Even in football, you're told, you can't always defend. There's time you'll break. You'll also need to, to attack. And the only tool you have to attack is the word of God. Do we know the word of God? Do we know what it says? And not just knowing what it says, have we put it in our mind? Do we believe in what it says? Because it's only when we believe what it says that we can be able to attack. We can be able to attack the enemy. And for us to be able to know how to use the sword, we need to practice. We need to spend time. And that's why we are reading the, the book of uh, the Bible from Genesis to Revelation because we are sharpening our swords. We are practicing because without that we cannot be able to, to counter the works of the enemy. And even when Joshua was taking lead of the Israelites, the Lord gave him this command. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then you'll be prosperous and successful. Are we losing the war, day-to-day -day war, because... We are not meditating on the word of God. Are we losing the war because we don't know how to use the, the sword of the spirit? Are we losing the war because we put our, our sword in our pockets? So when the enemy attacks us, we, we are flat-footed. We have nothing to prevent. Because, or are we going to war with blank swords? That's the question we have. And we find that Jesus gave us an example on how to use the sword 
how to use precision when you attack it. The time after the fast in the desert where the devil came and tempted him. And with three strikes of the sword of the spirit, he was able to counter the, the enemy. And you can see how he, he did it. After Satan threw the lies, Jesus was just smiling and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. It is written. Today when you encounter, Satan encounters you and throws the dart, are you able to say, it is written? Or are you God, will he get you flat-footed? And I believe, brothers and sisters, this is where we are failing in our day-to-day -day work. This is where we are losing the war. Each and every time we are worried, it's because we failed to put on the armor of God. Or we've put on the armor of God, but not correctly. And as I wind up, I would ask, which part of the armor are you not wearing? Or which part of the armor have you been wearing? You, have you even abandoned it? Or haven't, you haven't wear it? And interestingly, all these parts of the armor, they are tied up to the word. If you look at the belt of truth, the truth is the word. If you look at the helmet of salvation, salvation comes from the word. If you look at the sword of the spirit, it's the word. The shield of faith, it's from the word. Are we spending time with God in the word? Do we know what he says? Because we say, when, when, we are, when we are meditating on the word, we look at the sins we need to forgive. We look at the promises we need to claim. Do we know the promises that God has given us so that we can walk in confidence? I believe, guys, it's time to get back to the, to the truth, the word of God. It's time to draw water from the streams of living water and not from our own systems. Because on our own, we cannot be able. In this life, we are to leave us believers. We cannot do it on our own unless we stand on the true word of God. And we see that in Psalms 18, uh, Psalms 81, 13 to 14, as I conclude, it says, If my people would only listen to me, if Israel would only follow my ways, how quickly will I subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. This was the Lord saying, if only my people would listen to me, would follow my ways, how quickly would I be able to solve that? And my prayer to, to us is that may the Lord be able to overcome our Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.